Welcome to the Lift Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the greatest lift in life. We are so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will give you a lift of encouragement through this message. Today, I do want to, as Pastor Drew mentioned, the last year, August, it's all, all, almost been a year to date that we received the worst news that we had ever received. And it has been, we have walked through a very difficult year. Uh, but in the midst of a difficult year, dark year, we have seen the faithfulness of God. We have seen even the power of God uh, show up in our lives. And so today, I want to share with you uh, a, 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 a message that I've titled, The Process of Faith. The Process of Faith. Uh, John Maxwell said this. He's a leadership coach and author. He said, if you want to impress people, share your victories. If you want to inspire people, share your struggles. And so this morning, I want to share a little bit of both. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share our struggle the past year. My little boy was diagnosed with cancer last year, a rare form of can cancer. And almost a year ago, uh, we were receiving the news and then heading to St. Jude in Memphis, where we spent roughly three months there, and he received, received treatment and care. Um, there, it is remarkable what what God did, and um, but how many of you know faith is a process? Faith is a process. I love the Lowe's commercials. You know, sometimes when the Lowe's commercials will come on, it will show you the picture of a room that is dingy, and then they will snap their fingers and blink, and they will show you the remodeled room. Now, what they don't show you is the process to get from that picture to the other picture. Why? Because that's not flashy. That does not sell products. That does not inspire you to go to Lowe's. Like if they show you the middle of the project where they're tearing out the carpet and putting in new car, nobody wants to see that. But, in, but faith is a process. It's something that you have to work out. Paul said it like this, that God is working in us. Now we work out our salvation. Faith, faith is a process, and a year ago today, we were receiving the news, and when we got to Memphis, we, 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 we were told that this particular cancer will take, with treatment, 33 rounds of radiation and 18 months of chemo treatment. It will take 18 months for a tu tumor. They, they, they found a tumor in his nasal ca cavity, by his skull, near his brain and eye, and, um, and they, they said this particular cancer will take 18 months, um, and at the end of 18 months, we will have to go in and remove the rest of the tumor. And what is remarkable, we began to just believe God and pray, because we are people, we are people of faith. And I, I've always believed the Bible. I believe the life and ministry of Jesus. I believe that, that, that the names of God are true, that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's called the great physician. And so we just set our hearts, man, we just want to believe God. And I believe the Bible. We believe the Bible. I believe the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, the maps, the concordance, the table of contents, the glossary. Come on. I believe the whole thing. And I believe that our faith 
should sometimes move things and make a difference in things. Not, not just going through life with a dead faith, but an active faith that will trust God even in a dark situation. And whenever we received the news, they said 18 months. And after three months, <laughs> we were there for three months. At the end of three, three months, we went back for scans again. We, we left in October, and we saw the scans, and the tumor was still very much there. And within less than a month, we went back for the next scans, and his doctor walked in and said these words. She said, guys, I'm literally, this is her words. In fact, my wife even prayed this as we started the process, that God, I pray. Now, I might get emotional because this is close to my heart. But she said, God, I pray that what you do in him, the doctors will be shocked by it. And, and, she, and she walked in, our doctor, whom we love, she's awesome. The people at St. Jude are awesome. If you ever have to walk through something like this, my wife calls it the Disney World you never want to go to. Um, she walks in and says, guys, I had to look at these scans three times. I'm sorry I'm late for this appointment. I was looking at these scans three times, and I cannot find a trace of the tumor. She said to the point where I thought y'all went behind my back and got it surgically removed. Even the written report cannot find a trace of the tumor. What was supposed to take 18 months, three months later, no tumor, completely clear. I want to show you the scans just so that you'll know that, that I'm not lying. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm not lying. So look, picture on the left, a picture on the right is when we started. See all of that white in his nasal cavity. Picture on the left, completely clear. Can, can you show the other one, Terrence? This is, so this is on the, on the right, this is tumor looking from the top down. That's tumor. One on the left, completely clear, no tumor. Come on, to God be the glory. Come on, can we give God praise? We went back in January. She came back in with the other set of scans and said, guys, these scans look better than the last scans. I was like, well, how can they look better than that scan? Because that scan's completely clear. She said, I don't know. They just look better than the last scan. Then we went back in May. Two months ago, she comes in with that set of scans, and this is her word. She said, guys, it literally looks like nothing was ever even there in the first place. Come on. Is, is that awesome? Now, let me just say, say this. Nothing about this process was easy. Nothing about this pro, pro, pro process was easy. But we, we set, set our hearts at the beginning to, to, to believe God in, in, in this dark moment. Let me remind, rewind when we first heard the news. Abram went in for a simple sinus surgery. Um, very, very simple sinus surgery to clear out his nasal cavities. His doctor comes out after the surgery and says, hey, guys, I need to give you good news and bad news. And we're in the waiting room, and the doctor is delivering this news to us. Now, I've been a Christian and a pastor for, I don't know, 20 years. And this news, I, I, I don't know if you've ever, ever experienced maybe news like this, but it shocked me. 
to the point where I had to tell the doctor, Dr. Barham, time out. I got to lay down. I could feel the blood rushing out. I felt like I was about to pass out. And so I, I laid down. And uh, he's still talking to my wife because she was, uh, she, she's the strong one. Um, and so she's talking to him, uh, really trying to keep it together. And, and in that moment, I'm, I'm going to tell you the faithfulness of God. And today, I want to unpack simply, I'm not an expert on faith, but I've learned some things that I want to pass on to you from this process that I believe will inspire you no matter what situation you're walking through. And I, as, as I'm laying on the ground, I felt, I felt a verse kind of bub bubble up in my heart. I'm laying on the ground, and I heard the verse, no weapon formed against you will prosper, out of the book of Isaiah. And the way I heard it was something has formed in him, but it will not prosper. That word prosper means to grow, advance, or succeed. And I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of God, but I'm also thankful that for the last 22 years that I've been a Christian, I've been filling my well with the word of God, with the presence of God, with being in an environment like this every Sunday. You know, that's why we encourage you to go to church and read your Bible and spend time with Jesus it's not because it's out of Christian tradition or, or form or fa fashion, but it's so that when you meet a hard time, you have something in your well that can encourage you and speak to you. My pastor's grandfather, Brother Roy, used to say this, whatever's in the well comes up in the bucket. And if you have something in your well... When you walk through a dark season, it'll come up in the, in the bucket. And what you want to make sure you have, and it's important to be in church in environments like this, because this puts something in your well, so that whenever you run into trouble, something comes up in your bucket. And God, 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 God will begin to speak to you and encourage you. And in, in that moment, it didn't make it perfect. It didn't make it okay, but it gave us hope in a dark situation that we can believe. There goes my watch, Drew. It did it again. The last three times I've preached, my watch talks to me. Um, and, and it gave us hope in a dark situation. So here, here, here's the first thing that we've learned through, through this process. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these down. Number one is the first thing we've learned through this process is we decided to live in victory a long time ago. One of the things about Christianity is that you have to decide as a person what side of the cross you're going to live on. <laughs> you're going to have to make a decision that I'm going to live in victory no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what report, I have already decided that Jesus made me promises, died on the cross, not, not only died, but rose from the dead. And you can either be stuck on the tomb side or you can be stuck on the side of resurrection. And that's the side of the cross that we have chosen to live from is victory. That even though you're, you're in a dark moment, moment Jesus has still made you promises and has risen from the dead so so that we can live in victory 
I, 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 I can remember when we went, we were in uh, Memphis at St. Jude the first day. The first day was appointments, and oh my gosh, just overwhelming. Okay. We got, got, got in the car. We were all, all crying. We were going back to our hotel. And I, I looked at Abram because it was just, it was a hard moment. But man, I felt a spirit of faith just, <laughs> just rise up in me. And I said, son, look at me. I said, look, I, 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 I don't know why we're going through this. I don't know why you're going through this. I said, but you know how when you order a package from Amazon, you click the buy button and you pay for it. But there's a two-day delay from when it was paid for and when it arrives on your doorstep. I said, buddy, I don't know why there's a delay in your healing. But I do want to let you know, know this, that it's already been paid for by the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. And there might be a delay, but there's coming a day. And, and I told him this, I said, son, there's coming a day where you will never have to walk through these doors ever again. You have to decide what side of the cross you're going to live on. And we had all already decided that no matter what we face, we're going to live in victory. We're going to maintain a spirit of faith. And you have to decide what side of the cross you're going to live on. You know, the great theologian and, and uh, pastor, Iron Mike Tyson, uh, <laughs> said something in an interview <laughs> years ago. I remember watch, wa watching this clip here recently, and Iron Mike was asked by a reporter, she said, Mike, um, what, what, what is your plan when you get in the ring? And I thought his response was so powerful. He, he said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. I was like, bro, that right there is good. We all have a plan until we get punched in the face. The question is, when you get punched in the face, how do we respond? And we've already decided that we're going to live in victory. Because isn't that what faith is? Faith is not a, a rabbit's foot or a good luck charm. But the Bible defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We are not pe pe people that live by sight, but we walk by faith. And faith is a conviction that God is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. That's what faith is. Those that want to come to God must first believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We believe God. And we've already decided that no matter what we face, we're going to live on this side of the cross. I love what Pastor Lauren said during the transition, uh, which really confirms what the Holy Spirit is saying this morning, is that you, he has the fi final say. And one of the things I learned through this process is that the facts are not final. That, that the report is not final. It might be a fact that he's got a tumor. That he's got rhabdomyer sarcoma. I don't even know the. I don't. I don't even know the, somewhat the name of it. But the report is not final. The cross has the final word. And we decided to live on this side, of the cross. 
second thing we, we learned when you face a hard moment is that you have to stay in your spirit. Stay in your spirit. What does that mean? Pastor Larry, my pastor's father, um, who pastored the church for many years, he was pre preaching several years ago on a first Wednesday. And he said something in a first Wednesday three years ago that when we started walking through this, this spoke to me. He, he was counseling a pastor and his family that had suddenly lost a child. And the counsel that he gave him is, if you stay in your spirit and you don't get in your head, you're going to make it. If you stay in your spirit and you don't get in your head, you're going to make it. And I knew exactly what he meant by that when we started to walk through this. You know, our first temptation when we face trouble is to ask why, is to get in our head, is to get on the internet to find information, is to talk to other people. But if you stay in your spirit, see, the, your, your, your human spirit, where God wants to connect to you, speak to you, is found somewhere. Most theologians agree that you can't really find it, but it's somewhere between here and here. This is your spirit. That's why when you receive bad news, it hits you here. You feel it here. So it's almost like you want to vomit because it hits your spirit. But the same way that it hits your spirit here, this is the place of victory. And if you stay in your spirit and you don't get in your head, you're going to make it. Car Carly and I made two decisions at, at the beginning that we were going to do two things. Number one, we were not going to ask why because why I've seen people over the last 22 years try to figure out why, and sometimes, most of the time, 99% of the time, you cannot answer why. And if you try to, it will frustrate you to the point where you will shipwreck your faith. And I've seen pe people walk through a dark time, and God, why? why is, and, and then why, Lord, I've been serving you for 22 years. I've set up chairs. I've, I've, I've preached. I've cared for people. I've hugged, I've hugged people. I've kissed babies. I've, you know. I've done all the things, God. I've obeyed the call of God. I've, I just, I've done it. And, and, and you, you start getting in your head, and you don't stay in your spirit. And it, and it messes with your faith. And so we made two decisions. Number one, we were not going to ask why. And number two, we were not going to Google one thing. We did not get on Google. We did not Google statistics. We did not get on Facebook groups. We did not do any of that because we purposed in our heart that we just simply wanted to believe God and let the chips fall where, the, where they fall. Frankly, when we got to St. Jude, we didn't even ask his doctor about statistics and success rates because we didn't care. I still can't even pronounce the name of the word, the, the name of it, because we simply set our hearts to believe God. Number two is stay in your spirit. Number, you, you, you know, this is interesting. The book of Psalms says, David says this, that although a thousand may fall at your right side and 10,000 on your left side, it shall not happen to you. You know what David was given there? Statistics. Our culture is infatuated with statistics. One out of every 10 do this, two out of every 50 do that, 50% of this is here, 90% of this is here. David is giving statistics. 
that a thousand may fall here and ten thousand may fall here, but it shall not happen to you. And a spirit of faith says this, that if every two out of ten get this, well, I'm going to be one of the eight that don't. <laughs> Come on. Well, cold season's coming. It's time to just everybody's going to get sick. Not me. That's what a spirit of faith says. If you stay in your spirit and you don't get in your head, you're going to make it. And that's exactly what we set our hearts to do. And then num number three, the third thing we learned was to, 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 was to, to, avoid, to avoid the faith killers. There are several faith killers that will just kind of kill, kill, kill your faith. As you're believing God for something in your own life, you, you have to guard against cynicism. Cynicism is doubtful that anything good is going to happen. And you get cynical through disappointment. Because you're disappointed, you get cynical. Yeah, well, one time I did believe that, but that didn't work out, so I don't know if I believe that anymore. You, you get cynical through disappointment. And for years I've preached that God does not change based on your circumstances. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even if you're walking through something, he's still healer. And then when it came time for me to believe for my own family, it starts getting difficult. You're like, well, God, I, 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 did, I, I do believe, but why do I have to walk through this? And cynicism begins to creep in, and I had to, I had to tell myself I still believe. I still believe. That's, that's why Jesus said you should have faith. If you're going to inherit the kingdom of God, you should have faith like a child. Why? Because children believe. They're not jaded by life. They're, they're, they're not, they simply believe. Hey, son, we're going to do this. Hey, daughter, we're going to do this. And they just believe. They, they don't know where the money's coming from. They don't, know, they don't know where nothing's coming from. They just believe that what you said is going to happen. And G Jesus said to have faith like a child. But cynicism comes through disappointment and a, a close cousin of cynicism is context you filter the word of God through your personal context and I, I had to battle with this one because when I got saved I had everybody and their mother lay hands on me that I'd be prayed to be healed of a stutter I was like God don't you know you know I'm informing God God don't you know that I could be a better preacher if I didn't stutter Lord, heal me. And I had people pray. I had every healing of, I had every evangelist lay hands on me. And guess what? I still ha have a stutter. But you know what? I still believe that God is healer but because I don't filter the word of God through my personal context. He's healer all by himself. And even though I might be walking through this, when it came time to then believe for Abram, I was just like, Lord, I, I believe you're healer. Not, Lord, I, I don't know, you didn't really do it, you didn't do it for me back there, you know. No, he's healer, even though it may not have worked out for me exactly like I wanted. He, he is who he says he is, and he'll do what he said he will do. And so don't filter the word of God through your personal context. And then comparison. The third C, because they're all C's, that's how preachers do it. Is, is comparison. Comparison will kill your faith. 
Comparison will kill your faith. One of the other de decisions that we made, we were not going to get on Facebook groups and read other people's stories because we were not going to compare our story to somebody else's story. We set our hearts to believe God. And, you know, one of the things that they teach you whenever you're out on a boat, uh, be, being a waterman, <laughs> that, that's a term I've picked up on here, um, you're out deep sea uh, fishing, and what they say if you get seasick is to fix your eyes on a fixed point be, 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 because what it does is it equalizes you and it calms you down. And one of the things that we set our hearts to do, that's why the scripture says to set your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and you get a fixed point and you're, you're not comparing your story to theirs or, hey, you know what they heard, you know what happened to them over there and all, all that stuff. You get a fixed point. And you believe God. And so we made that decision that we were not going to compare our, our story because that is a limited source. Doctors, as good as they are, they're a limited source. And so you have to set your eyes on an unlimited source. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And then I want to give you just a few quick things of how to maintain a spirit of faith. Number one, agree with God. Just simply agree with God. All God's looking for is your agreement. God is looking for people that will say, yes, Lord, I believe that. I believe that for my family. I believe that for my life. I believe that for my school. I believe it for my workplace. Lord, I, I, I agree with, with you. Peter said we, we have these great and precious promises that God has given to us. Simply agree with, with God. This is faith. If, if God said he, he would provide, he'll provide. If God said he would forgive, he'll forgive. If God said he would heal, he will heal. Just agree with God. Num, 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 number two, the se 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 second way to maintain a spirit of faith is pray bold prayers. Don't be afraid to pray bold prayers. And disappointment will cause you to stop praying bold prayers. One of the prayers that we prayed is, 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 is one of the prayers that was prayed over us is that this tumor would fall out of his nose. And four, four, four weeks into the process, they're walking down the hall at St. Jude. Abram begins to cough. He coughs up a big chunk of tumor. It fell out of, it literally, some of it fell out of his nose. We started praying that God, I pray that Abram would be the best looking patient in the hospital. It was based out of Daniel. Book of Daniel says that, that they passed up on the king's meal and they looked better than all the other men. So I started praying, Lord, I pray that he'd be the best looking pa patient in St. Jude. Six weeks in, one of the do doctors walks in, they're going through his chart, and, and they say, son, how long have you been here? About six weeks. How, how many treatments have you done? About this many. She said, son, you're the best-looking patient in St. Jude Hospital. Come on. Don't be afraid to pray bold prayers. Don't be, afraid to, don't be afraid to have a spirit of faith. Ooh. I, I, I sense God's presence. Number three is control your 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 control your self talk. What what do I mean by by that? 
control your self-talk. This is how you maintain a spirit of faith. Do, 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 do you know that you are your favorite preacher? You are your most favorite preacher. You talk to yourself the most. You're your favorite preacher. There are two accounts in the New Testament where God gives us insight of two people talking to themselves. The first one is the woman with the issue of blood when she broke through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment. If you rewind a few verses, we all focus on the touching the hem of his garment part. But several months ago, I noticed something that the Bible gives us insight onto what she said to herself before she got her miracle. And the Bible says she said within herself, she talked to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. Then the prodigal son said something similar. He's off in the pig pen, eating, eating pig slop. And the Bible says that he came to his senses and he said to himself, it was much better at my dad's house. I should go back home. What if in those two stories, the woman with the issue of blood, what if she would have said something like, man, I just don't know if I can break through that crowd today. Got a pretty thick crowd out there. It's hot out here. The road's dirty. My goodness, I don't know. And that's the, that is what some of you have been doing your whole life. Your self-talk is so poor that you cannot be propelled into your next miracle or the next place that God has for you because you keep talking yourself out of it. Well, I don't know if I'll ever do that. Do you know the family I came from? That's just not what we do here. That's just not what I've done. I just don't know if I can do it. And your self-talk, both of them, their self-talk propelled them into their miracle, propelled them forward. And one of the things that we had to guard against this whole year is is self-talk. We would just speak words of faith. We would encourage ourselves. Our, my wife and I would pray, pray together and quote scripture. Why? Because we knew that, that our self-talk could either move us forward or move us backwards. And maybe, maybe you're here today, and I'm closing. Maybe you're here today, and the first group of people that I want to pray for is maybe you're here today, and the first step of faith is to trusting Jesus and his forgiveness and the price he paid on the, on the cross and becoming a friend of God. And I, I, I want to invite everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And I want to pray, 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 pray for those this morning that God's tugging at your heart. And you, you, you say, Rob, today I'm not right with God. And if I were to slip off into eternity today, I do not know where I stand with God. And, and, and today, I want to receive his forgiveness, his grace. And I, I, I want to know God today. If, if, if that's you, I want you to quickly raise your hand. And I simply want to lead us all in a prayer. But, but I want to know who, who I'm praying for. If that's you, quickly slip up your, your hand and say, Rob, today, I want to become a Christian. I want to have my sins forgiven. And I want to be right with, with God. Amen. Co come on. Can we all say this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid for us. And Lord, today, I put my faith and I put my trust in Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on. Can we give a hand clap to all those 
that made that decision. I want to pray real quick. I want to pray if you're walking through through, through something, if, if you're walking through a difficult time this morning, and you're, you're like, Rob, I, 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 could, I needed that injection of faith. I needed a little faith this morning. If that's you, would you just slip up your, your hand? I want to pray for you real quick. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray, pray, pray for you. Father, right now, I pray, God, for, for us. Lord, thank you, God, that you would strengthen them with might in the inner man. God, thank you that you've made them promises. Lord, you love them. You're, you're for them. That if God is for us, who can be against us? And if God did not withhold his only son, won't he give us everything else? Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. But God, I pray that they, they would see the hand of God through this process. Lord, speak to them, encourage them. And Lord, we thank you for all that, that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.